Hello, Etta. I think we've got a signal to say this meeting has been recorded. Welcome to the Wheel Talk Live podcast. Absolute honour to have you on. As I said to you privately before we recorded there, absolute massive fan of your work. So it's a real pleasure and privilege to have you on today. Oh, thank you for having me on. I heard Gary Aston was on and he's a good friend of mine from Adidas, from Special. So I thought if, you, if you're a friend of Gary's, you're a friend of mine. So that's really why I was, because I get asked to do a lot of podcasts. But seriously, as soon as I've seen you, if you've been on Gar with Gary, because Gary doesn't do loads. So I thought if he's come on you, you must be all right if you've been with Gary, friend of his. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's Gary. A massive shout out to Gary as well and the special team. Uh, yeah, like I, massive. Yeah, like I said, massive fan of the Happy Mondays. Said to you, uh, I've seen you twice. The first time I saw you guys, actually, I actually forgot my ticket halfway to the gig and I had to go, go back. I think it was the Preston Guild. Thankful I don't live too far away and live in Burnley. So, yeah, but every time I've seen you guys, even though I'm a youngster, I've always sort of love this kind of music. So, yeah, looking forward well, to Well, contact me next time you want to come. I'll sort you out a ticket. Don't, uh, anybody else? I'll just you with plus one. Oh, that, that is brilliant. Because I think Preston Guildhall, I think it's gone now. We had some good Has gigs it? there. But I think it only is open anymore, but we had some good gigs there. Yeah, I've got good memories of that. 100% and you've uh, got a lot of stuff lined up but the way I like to start is the early early beginnings of your career and when you first gained a passion into music and sort of realised what you wanted to pursue. Well really when I was a kid I was more into punk so and my voice didn't go with that and nobody really encouraged my singing so I wasn't really like lots of people they say they came out singing in the womb when they came out of the mum's whatever yeah. um, came out singing I didn't do all that I didn't sing till I was about probably 12 or 13 because I was into punk then so um yeah so it's just lucky really I was just singing along to something and a woman heard me and she had a pub and she told me to get on the stage and then I fell in love with it then with actual singing but music I was seriously more into punk when I was a kid rather than um traditional music or even Motown I liked it but I loved punk um and I liked um other stuff and more proper songs like that weren't um rebellious or had something to say i like more songs like that when i got older but when i was a kid it was definitely crass were my favorite band um which is pretty hardcore punk and um yeah i love the sex pistols of course but i really and the clash but i loved uh, a group called crass uh you mentioned there about getting up on stage in a pub can you remember that first performance and if you had any sort of like nerves when going into it or is it something you've adapted naturally to singing in front of their audience. I'll never ever forget it because it's the first time I'd got up seriously and the audience just all stood up and saying they've got goosebumps. I couldn't believe it. I've never forgotten that because that's why I sing to get that feeling, which I usually get because mm. I do something to people when I sing something good, hopefully, but yeah, yeah. No, usually when I'm singing properly, I mean, I know people will sing with the Mondays and it's more party atmosphere and things, or they might see me in a club late at night when they're a bit off it. But mm -hmm. um, when I sing properly and in front of a proper audience and stuff, uh, when they sat down, I know there's something that I do to a lot of people and that's, it's addictive, that feeling you get. And mm -hmm. I, I loved it from then. It was just amazing uh, because I'd never been in the choir or anything or I'd never been asked to be in anything until then. And then after that, getting that confidence when I was about 13, I just started going in for talent competitions and then the drama teacher realised I could sing. So all the musicals revolved around me for the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, so it just changed my life. Being able to sing gave me, um, you know, it didn't keep me out of trouble completely. I still didn't want to go to school, but I, did no. go to, I went to school for my musicals to rehearse and stuff. But um, 
yeah but I just found this something I could do really well um, different than other people I didn't try and sound like anyone else and um, it's just that I, I knew I wasn't going to be probably um, in a punk band which I would have loved yeah one thing that's always struck me about listening to you sing is your voice for me is very distinctive has it always been that way or have you sort of harnessed your craft as a musician your vocals are very powerful you know and could sort of like you say you do stand out from other singers I do believe yeah but when I was a kid it was it's I was told it was a bad thing I was told to mine because I didn't blend in so I didn't get in any choirs and all the, all the negative comments I got, that's what makes me, I think, a distinctive good singer now because I don't sound like everybody else. You can tell my voice. I get sampled a lot because people like that sound of my voice. I mean, they might hate it. If you hate my voice, you'll hate me on everything because it's very distinctive. I don't really, and I do sound different. Sometimes I sound softer and a lot of proper Mondays fans will know this. I sing differently and not all boom, boom, boom and powerful, but um, making me really, I didn't really sing because I was told I stood out too much where really it really peed me off really because you should encourage singers who sing like me and that's what I try to do now I try to go into academies and like stage schools but for kids with nothing I like to go into where they can learn to just perform and see if they've got any talent but not be told you, you're not good enough to be in the choir like I was not good enough but um I was told I didn't fit in so I, I needed to blend and that's terrible you know and I ended up I almost didn't sing again because of it and that's just absolutely awful that would have been you know it would have ruined my life if I didn't sing because singing has saved me so um I think it's terrible that so I, I really do like to give kids confidence now confidence a lot of kids have got too much confidence but the ones that stand out the ones that are different they're the ones you know the ones who they don't they haven't got the confidence necessarily but I like to give people confidence and if they've got talent they have to have talent I think it's key in any sort of line of work, isn't it? That's why I sort of based this podcast off being different, not being too regimented in the way you act, because I find a lot of journalism is sort of like regimented, or you can't speak speak about this, you can't speak about that. And you should encourage creativity in any sort of line of work, because I, I feel like that's what makes people stand out, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I tell you what, your questions are miles better than most of these professional uh -huh. journalists from newspapers and stuff, because they do, as you see, they ask me bang standard questions. So how did you join the Happy Mondays is always there's that and about four other questions. And that's usually it because I talk a lot. They get away yeah. with it. But you've already you've you're already much better and you sound interested as well. A lot of them don't have that. You know, they just sound bored sometimes. They don't they just have to interview you because you've got a single out or whatever. And I hate that. But um, yeah, no. So I'm enjoying this interview more already. You're going to get more out of people because of the way you are. And I don't mean because you're in a wheelchair. I mean, because of your personality and the question. Yeah, yeah. And um, because it means everything, because, yeah, sometimes, especially if you're on the phone, sometimes you're like, God, I want to put the phone down. You can see they're just reading out the questions and it's yeah. just like, so what's your favourite colour? But they don't care. You know, yeah. I don't mind if people really want to know what my favourite colour is. It's black. But, um, yeah, yeah if, if it's just from a, a sheet of list of them silly questions, what's the first record you ever bought? If it's for no reason, they're not interested, then I'd rather not answer. Because I'm going to lie anyway, say it's something really cool when it probably wasn't. When you first joined the Mondays, how did you adapt to that level of, you know, notoriety or be, were you recognised at all at first? Or could you give somebody like me, who's only 23, an insight into how the industry was back then? Because obviously uh, people from yours and my mum's era didn't have to deal with social media. It was prob probably a more authentic sort of 
time to be a musician in my eyes. That's what I always feel like. Oh, it was amazing. It was bliss. It was heavenly. You could do anything and not get caught on camera. You could be naughty. You could swear. You could do what you wanted. And you could be sick. You could do anything. Um, could be drunk without being filmed. And, you know, you could walk across somewhere without having to have a selfie all the time. And yeah. go to a club and dance and go to a gig and dance when you get your camera out and take a picture, but not all night keeping your hand in a position to try and film a gig. And it spoils it, it's much better, it was much better before. But um, I, when I joined the Mondays, I did expect to join. When I first saw them, they were just in, it was in Widnes Town Hall, somewhere like that. And it was um, Queen something in Widnes. And I remember it was, it was just like um, doing um, a school hall, really. Um, when I first saw them, it wasn't massive, but my first gig with them, all of a sudden, when I sang Step On, they went all of a sudden, it was massive. Um, I'm not saying it's because of me, but it was because that song and that time and that everything. It was like, when I sang Step On and with Paul Oakenfold and Steve Osborne producing, Manchester just exploded, uh, you know, so all of a sudden, and I didn't expect this, I thought I was joining more of a cult band, like a punk band, a dream, you know, my band of dreams, a sort of band I wanted to join, but it ended up being much more commercial than I thought it would have been, doing yeah. GMX and Wembley in my first few gigs with them, and doing, you no, know, like, imagine doing Wembley when you, and doing Top of the Pops, and GMX sold out everywhere as well, when you thought you were joining a band, like a punk band, doing them pub gigs you know not not pub gigs but like club gigs which I love those those early punk bands doing gigs where everyone's fight, not fighting but scrapping and messing about like that's my kind of thing and stage diving I was thinking that's what I was joining but we ended up got security stage managers tour managers blah 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 lifts to everywhere you know traveling in nice nice um cars and all that didn't expect it but yeah all of a sudden that's what we were we were on telly and all the time and I because and I'm in in magazines that were for kids I didn't think the Mondays would be in magazines for kids um tour in America and things like that but it just didn't expect it because I didn't think we were that kind of kiddie band I didn't think we'd be on top of the pop so quickly you know after me joining but it all happened all of a sudden and we were everywhere you know this Manchester thing um record labels were coming from London to sign anything from Manchester uh Manchester was so in in the in 1990 the Hacienda um and conspiracy clubs, the raves in Blackburn had probably been and gone, but it's Manchester and up here was, you know, it's much cooler than being from down anywhere. You know, being from Manchester and around was, um, it was the best time to be here, 89, 90, 91, it was fantastic. So I feel very blessed that that's when I joined the Mondays. It's, it all sort of worked in my favor. And to be one of the only women, to be one of the only black people as well from that scene, I'm really proud of. I'm not the only one. This guy called Gerald. There's loads of other people, but you know, it wasn't. And Denise Johnson, etc. And but um, I don't want to miss anyone out. Diane Charlemagne, but there weren't many, and there's not many still going. You know, so I'm really, really proud of that. Um, as far as representing women and representing black people as well, because um, there's a lot of kids from Manchester who are black who don't make it, mm -hmm. and yet all the well-known people, a lot of them, the white and the male. So we have to give it up for the yeah. girls and we have to give it up for the black girls, you know, and um, you should always say to yourself, you know, there's nothing I can't do, you know, because of how I look or how I sound. As long as you've got talent, just really, really practice, practice, whether it's drawing, running, sport or whatever, football, practice, practice, practice. If you love it, you'll stick with it because I've stuck with it when I've had no money, loads of money, success, no success, the band split, whatever. 
you know, and um, dance dance hits and then nothing for a while and then not yeah. getting a record deal and, and getting a deal. And yet I've stuck with it because I love it and I can't do anything else because this is my passion. So yeah. uh, it's what I do. And when on my days off, I do charity work or I go in and, and mentor other kids uh, so that they can have this dream that I had eventually. I had my dream when I was probably your age and it happened quite quickly, but... Um, a lot of kids dream of this and if you're dreaming about the fame and the money then it's the wrong thing for you it should be dreaming about writing songs and singing with certain people and playing with if you're a guitarist or something you should have a dream to be meet Nile Rogers or you know whatever, yeah. you, whatever your hero is that's what your dream should be not to be famous which a lot of people I think get wrong you know when you go to all these different sort of places these different gigs these different countries where you play does that help you as a songwriter inform your experiences and perhaps pick up on something that you might not have necessarily thought about previously? Whether you, I don't know, whether you sat in a coffee shop and you think, oh, I like the sound of what that person's just said, or oh, I could add that to a song. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, particularly your working class roots of Manchester. How was that? I mean, I don't think you can get better material than Manchester because we are. We do think we're the coolest. We probably are. But we're, it's very raw and very real in Manchester. So a lot of other places can be more fake. And I hate anything fake and people being fake, pretending yeah. to love you. Where in Manchester, it's very, very down to earth. And that's what I love. Um, and so you don't get much better than Manchester for that. But I go away really for a break. And that's when I do write. But it's more for the peace and quiet and having the time where you're not. I mean, I'm at my mum's carer when I'm at home, you know, and I take my son to work. He doesn't drive. So things like that. I've got lots of distractions and my dog. I've got to walk my dog, yeah. which I love doing and play with him. But when I go away, I got, that's when I get time to write. It's more... It's not the, it, I don't need the subjects to write about because I've got loads of friends all over the place, but I don't go to Spain, for instance, for the sun. I go for the people and for the rest and, you know, and a party a bit as well. Don't don't forget about that. Lots of partying. But it's when you sat in your room at night after you've been partying and you've got rid of any boys that have come back. It's <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, still, still got it. Yeah, but um, that's when I'm on the computer quite often and I put my music on and, you know, I'm out of a tune and I'll just come up with some melodies and some lyrics. So it's more for the space I get when I go away. And so I do go away quite a lot, but I usually only go away for a couple of days. It's usually too hot for me if it's away. And, and I'm usually working most weekends, so I try and fit in a little break. So I think it's good to have a break, as I say, because I'm my mum's carer as well. And it is a bit full time sometimes, a bit full on. So I love yeah. it, but you need sometimes a little bit of you time. Everybody does. Um, and to switch off from music and, and the internet and all that. And it's really difficult for me. I, you know, I do all the social medias and everything for myself on the Mondays. It's really difficult sometimes to switch off and not work out when what gigs am I doing and I manage myself and it can be a bit too much. So yeah, everybody should switch off, but I don't really switch off much from singing. I usually always end up singing most days. It's only when I go away and if I sing, I know I'm gonna annoy the neighbor in the hotel room next door. That's the only time probably I don't sing every day. I'm sure you don't annoy them. I'm sure they've stood at the wall listening through. The wall no, not when they're sleeping. I've got my headphones on. All you can hear is me going, like just noises when I'm just working out what key things are in and stuff and I'm not singing anything proper when I'm working out stuff and I'm writing you don't want to hear me with my headphones on when I'm just like coming up with trying to come up with melodies because it mustn't be nice because you can't hear the music all you can hear is me just trying to work out melodies and see if something's too high me trying to see if a note if it's going to be too high for me must kill someone's ears because it's not going to be quiet so if they're sleeping in the morning then that's probably when I'll be writing after I've had a late night and they've come in still a bit tipsy and that's when I'm probably going to be writing. 
Would you say you've had any moments that have uh, taken your breath away as a performer in your illustrious career? Yeah, you know what? The first time at Barrowlands was incredible. It's uh, the first massive Scottish crowd like Glasgow. Nobody roars like the, the fans for Glasgow for Happy Mondays. And I've done the actual Barrowlands with another band and it just wasn't the same. But with the Mondays, they love us and we love them. And lots of bands say the same about Glasgow and Barrowlands, but also Glastonbury. Um, it's the, one of the highlights, definitely singing on stage um, at Glastonbury. And I've done it a few times, but with David Bowie watching, he was going on after us. And when I came wow. off after Hallelujah, he said that was really eclectic. And they put my dressing room, my um, whatever you call it, the trailer next to his. I couldn't believe it. They put the Mondays, the other side of the pyramid stage. You put mine next to David Bowie and he let me take a couple of photos. And this was before camera phones. I'm so lucky I had a camera. So, yeah. so beautiful. So without doubt, chatting to him and then him watching us on stage. And I was quite drunk and I wish I hadn't have been. I was just, I couldn't even talk. I was just so in awe of him. He just looked so, it's the best he's ever looked, honestly. And he was just so kind and warm and normal. And, um, and you know, and that's what I think everybody should try to be. You know, that you can't really try to be that normal and real. It's natural. He must just be a real, he was a really beautiful person to give me any time. And, you know, and obviously everybody loved Bowie. He was like his proper legend. So, yeah, that's definitely um, a highlight without a doubt. How would you say all these, you know, performers like yourselves capture the energy of the crowd? Because obviously there's lots of different ways to do it. You get Liam Gallagher who just stands there looking cool as anything and he didn't even have to say it. Same with Ian Brown. I saw, saw him at Victoria where I was he could stand there in silence and I still think it was, you know, cool. But then you get the likes of, you know, Bez standing on the speakers and stuff like you were doing at the James gig that I went to at Manchester. How would you say you capture the energy of a crowd as a performer? Is it something you sense, particularly with the crowd's energy or do you have a sort of, like pre-planned, so not pre-planned. Plan no, it's um, what it, what it is, and this is what I fell in love with singing. I just feel the audience, and I mean, if it's a dead audience and they're not interested, I mean, I've done all kinds of venues. So when I first started, it'd be working men's clubs and pubs, and honestly, when bingo tickets were on sale, they'd all get up. I'd be in the middle of a song, and they go, "Bingo tickets are on sale now in the reception," and they'd everyone would get up and go and get all oh, sandwiches are on sale. Everyone would leave, get up and go and buy some sandwiches when yeah. I'm in the middle of a song. So you get used to that kind of audience. And those sort of gigs are just, they're just like, um, it's like going to work on a normal day job, that kind of gig. But now, obviously, and when, and we, when I'd sing at balls or charity events or even in a room at somebody's birthday, um, it's, I'm, I'm singing the words to them. I'm singing the song from my heart and my soul. And that's connection with the audience. When you connect, that's the energy. And it can be a slow song. It can be a ballad. It's, I'm not always with Happy Mondays. It can be a house tune when I'm doing dance music. But I always think of the lyrics. I think of the lyrics more than the notes because obviously I can sing. That's not a problem. You know, I know, the, I know the tune backwards most of the time. I don't like going on, on stage if I don't know a song. I've written a lot of them. So it's really from my heart. So when mm. I sing, so it's, um, yeah, singing is natural to me. I don't get nervous, really, very rarely. Sometimes I get nervous about standing on stage and speaking to kids and stuff. I do um, a lot of presentations at BIM, um, so giving the, giving awards to people. And doing a speech then, that's when I might get a bit nervous. But singing, I can do it coming out of my bum. I really can because I, I just love it. It's what I, love. I don't think about it. I just think about what I'm singing about. 
always it's about what I'm singing about and then the audience connects and that's the magic that's the magical the energy as I say it doesn't have to be everyone getting up and dancing that's Bez's job to get people up to dance I think but with the Mondays it's different because then I dance and I'm not really a dancer but you end up dancing because I do like the tunes you know and have a couple of drinks with the Mondays which I probably wouldn't do when I'm on my own the same way so um well I might have one but that's yeah. it but, um, yeah with the Mondays it, it's like I don't know if I could do it completely sometimes I've gone on where we just rush into a gig and I just have one drink and Bez is sober as well it's just a different kind of gig when we just it's hard work like that because yeah. people expect you to really you know come on and entertain us be Bez and Rowetta where Sean just stands there and reading his words it's mm -hmm. it's a lot easier but um yeah but I, I but I do enjoy when I just walk out on stage and sing something like you've got the love which used to do with the Hacienda Classical and when I sing with an orchestra yeah. I enjoy st just standing there and singing. Singing from the heart is everything. That energy is brilliant as well. It's different than the Mondays, but it's still just as beautiful. It's fantastic. You've worked with lots of different performers throughout your career. And a, a, a question I sort of thought of is, what are the key qualities of uh, all these individuals? Not all of them, because obviously you've worked with so many different people from so many different genres and stuff. What would you say the key qualities of these people because like like we just said you've got bez you know engages with the crowd and you you got other people what would you say makes you know a good performer stand out from an average not average because that's a bit harsh but yeah on stage with anyone average yeah, <laughs> yeah no the, you know it well to be honest a lot of the people that i sing with uh, that you'll see me sing with or heard of me singing with peter yeah. James, Tim Booth from James, people like that. They're all, they've all been doing it a long time. They've got great songs. So if I'm singing Joy Division songs with Peter Hook, with the most amazing musicians in the band, The Light, then it's quite easy because we're all at a certain level. We've been doing it for more than 30 years, everybody, and doing it at quite a high standard as well, playing with the best. You know, song with Paul Weller, he's incredible. Um, and it's just... But I do enjoy as well singing with people who've never done it before. And people are always surprised. And as well, when people send me a house tune, they're surprised I even listen to them. I don't listen to them all if they're really rubbish. I get to listen to the beginning, but some of them do get switched off really quickly. But if I love it, I sing on it. I don't care. They go, how much How much would it cost to have you, you singing on our record? You can't pay me how much it would cost. It costs you too much money. So I either love it and do it or I don't do it. It's not about money. But um, And also, um, I, I've judged someone. It was called Babalola. Sorry, a talent competition he lived in Langley quite a rough area in Manchester um a black lad from Nigeria um and just not had the look yet and not had the break and since I spotted him at this talent competition which he won because I was a judge he's sung with me in the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra he's sung with me at BBC Children in Need for the BBC uh, Radio Manchester I've not forgotten him you know and he's and I've written a song with him and recorded it so and I've gone to where he mentors kids so hopefully it's given him confidence and you know giving him a little break um, and that's so um yeah it's just I think it's important to always give back but not just think you're better than everybody else you know and if I hear somebody who's talented even if they could be I mean I'm not really keen on many kids voices to be honest so I'm it just there's so many that all sound the same yeah. so unless they sound a bit different like a little young Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder or do you know what I mean if um if they're all gonna sing like they sound like they've been in Annie it's not really right. not really yeah. like but um so because I do get a lot of parents sending me clips of the kids and I just don't listen so don't watch them I don't listen because I can't do anything anyway but what are you supposed to say they're rubbish no you know or, or you're going to say they're brilliant and I don't want to say they're brilliant if they're not so I really don't I very rarely watch them because there's nothing yeah. I can do I'm not a record label 
if you could, as a final couple of questions, if you could sum your music career up in, in three words, what would it be? What I can't sum anything up in three words. Have you heard me talking? <laughs> in 30 words. No. Um, my music career in three words. Not three words. That that's sum it up uh, as what, what it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, quick. Um I think um certainly early on there at the right time, um, right voice, right time. And because I'd just come out of a women's aid refuge in 1987. And it took me a couple of years to get on my feet and sort myself out and start again with my two young kids. And my mum was there to babysit. Everything fell into place that I could um, be in Happy Mondays. And Happy Mondays were about to go. They they worked with Paul Oakenfold and all of a sudden this song Step On came. Perfect for me. So And then the album Pills and Thrills, loads of tunes on there that suit my voice. So it was that was great timing. Um, but um, other than that, I worked really, really hard. I managed myself. Um, trust very few people because get let down all the time when you do that so I just do most of the things myself always give back always you must always give back and I'd, I've not stopped caring for my mum you know I've not gone and got someone to look after my mum which a lot of people would do I'm not putting her in a home which is I'm joking because I wouldn't do that yeah. I've just come back home for my mum's now and taking my son to work because that's what I do um, most days because people think you live this glamorous life but for me singing is is um, it's a gift that was given to me none of my family sing so this has been a gift and as I say right time right place but most of the time I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time I've not had the big breaks where I'm a superstar um, and people go my grandma was saying that how come you're not on the television all the time I don't really want to be on the telly I'm a singer but how come I'm not having number ones how come I've not had a Brit award as the best singer because she was saying you are one of the best singers and a lot of people say that but I'm not that ambitious I'm not ambitious for things that other people think that well they're ambitious for I don't need awards I don't need number ones um oh yes it'll be all be nice but remember now I'm I'm over 50 you know and I don't care I'm singing with bands like people like Salado Oliver Heldens my next track is with Junior Sanchez who's a legend and um, that's out on August the 4th so it's called Another Place and it's on Yousef's Circus label so that's me over 50 getting deals with massive label circus with Yousef and Junior Sanchez has worked with everyone Madonna Katy Perry everybody yeah. So that's what I'm doing now. So it's a matter of don't ever give up um, because I've still got this gift. I've given up smoking about 10 years ago. Six, no, it's longer than that to give my voice a chance um, so that I don't end up like that. And I can't sing because that would break my heart. I mean, it'll happen probably, hopefully not because Tony Bennett's just passed at 96 and he could still sing. But a lot of people do the voices go probably from singing in smoky clubs when we were young. But I'm, I've looked after mine. I'm trying to sleep more and look after it uh, so that I can keep going for as long as I can. I think something that strikes me uh, about you and something that I pride myself on my own self as well, authenticity is key. Like sometimes I sit here and think, do I actually, you know, want to do, do this? Because I find the industry very, you know, like I said, robotic and I'm not a robotic person. But then when I speak to people like yourselves and just real honest working class people you know it's really good to get an insight into how things work and like you say you just do it for the love of it and I think that's an absolutely mint attitude to have and like I said to you off camera that that era of music you know has helped me through some very dark times in my life and five years ago I would never have been able to press record on a computer and start recording to somebody do you know what I mean and 
it's about pushing through these barriers. That's it. Honestly, this is one of the best. Well, honestly, and I've done so many podcasts. You're just a natural because the questions you're interested in for a start. You you've seemed like you're interested in me as well because yeah. I said I know you're a fan of the music, which helps. But, it, but even if you weren't, I bet you could yeah. black it. But no, you wouldn't. No. no, but you are authentic. It's completely that. You might come and see that's my right. Well, if you come to a gig, I'm getting you drunk. You're coming backstage. Don't bring yeah. Gary Aston because he won't let you drink. No, it's all right. Uh, but yeah, absolutely honest to have you on the way. No, but, but thank you. I'm only joking about the drinking. <laughs> it's all right. I'm going to stop recording. I'll speak to you after we've stopped recording. That's been brilliant, though. I've, I've, this, honestly, I, don't, I can't think of anybody better than you. You've been amazing. Cheers, I really appreciate that, and uh, thanks again for coming on. You know, I wouldn't lie anyway, I'm not a liar, that's one thing I'm not. Nice one, we're to cheers. <laughs> oh, brilliant, you've been brilliant, seriously.